Passages, I'm Rachel Powell, and this is Passages Voice. There is a large span of theological approaches that Christians can land on when it comes to Israel. The sea is large and the water can often seem murky. Today, join our Managing Director, Jeremy Rivers, and his guest as they bring some clarity to this issue. Hey everyone, this is Jeremy Rivers, the Managing Director of Passages, and I'm very excited to be on this podcast with you today. Uh, Just so you know, this summer I had the privilege to be on Passages pilot of a seminary track. Um, Passages, as you may know by now, hopes to have an impact on the next generation of Christian leaders. So that includes pastors, ministry leaders, and theologians. Uh, On the podcast today, uh, our guest uh, was actually one of the Uh, architects and designers uh, of that seminary track. Uh, While we were on the ground uh, this May, there was a New York Times article that had been getting some attention about the current state of evangelical support of Israel. So I'd like to read a section of that article to you now. It said, While Israel has long depended on the support of the Jewish diaspora, the Netanyahu government has made a historic and strategic shift relying on the much larger base of evangelical Christians, even at the risk of turning off American Jews who may be troubled by some of evangelicals' denigration of their faith. The paradox is well known. The beliefs of many evangelical Christians that Israel is special to God, and for some a marker in apocalyptic prophecies led many to hawkish support of the Jewish state while they simultaneously insist that the salvation awaits only those who accept Jesus as their savior. So I wanted to read a section of that article and mention the article in general to help introduce the topic of our conversation today, which is a basic overview of various theological approaches to Israel. From my experience on passages, this is not a topic that most passages student have much of a grid for. Uh, Many grow up believing a former fashion of theology that relates to Israel, but are simply unaware of the implications of that theology. As we've just read, the move of the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem this summer has seemed to stir up this conversation a little bit more in the mainstream. So back in June, I had the opportunity to sit down with Luke Moon, the deputy director of the Philos Project, and spend some time discussing the broad spectrum of theological approaches to Israel, as well as some factors that would be good for us to consider when it comes to our personal theological approach to Israel in 2018. Uh, Believe it or not, we were able to catch up with each other in person, the same place of all places, Jerusalem. So let's jump into that conversation. Uh, joining me today again is the deputy director of the Philos Project, Luke Moon. So, Luke, thanks for joining us again today. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, I think uh, last time we chatted, I was in Chicago, you were DC, yep. and now we're both here in Jerusalem. We are. We're sitting right next to each other. So, uh, what are, what are you up to here uh, in Israel? So, uh, I just did a tour of African American leaders uh, going around Israel with them, looking at. Uh, the uh, immigration situation. Uh, there's, there's Egyptian uh, or Ethiopian Jews that come into Israel, and we talked about how their experiences and how they're treated. Uh, and then there's also about uh, 38,000 uh, asylum seekers from Eritrea and Sudan uh, that mm. the group is particularly concerned about. So we took them around for a week, and then last couple of days uh, I've been in Bethlehem at a anti. Christian Zionist conference called Christ at the Checkpoint. Okay. So it's been interesting. Yeah. And okay, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Is that going to conclude your trip here in Israel? It will. Great. And you'll be back at all this summer? I will be back. uh, I'll go home for actually just a week and then I'm back again. Okay. I'm actually, I have the privilege actually to be the trip staff leading this, uh, this pilot of the seminary track. So it's been a lot of fun to do that. So uh, let's just dive in to uh, our topic today. So um, you sat with our team just a, f- uh, a few weeks ago uh, in Chicago and we, we kind of talked about, you know, kind of some different theological approaches to Israel. So just like you did with us, can you give our listeners just a brief overview of the various theological approaches to Israel? Uh, maybe where certain denominations may sit, um, typically, not, mm-hmm. you know, all, all, always. Um, and maybe some just basic definitions of some various um, theological approaches to Israel. Yeah, so it's to me it's, it's always helpful to kind of 
I like to put things in categories, try and simplify. You know, it, it's it's a it's a crude task because it you know puts people into boxes or you know categories. But you know, uh, I, it's also though helpful to kind of help understand like where people are coming from when they come to Israel because their experience uh, in Israel is often. Uh, comes with the you know the the baggage or if you will or the that that uh, their theological or their church upbringing kind of instilled in them mm-hmm. right and so uh, I I broke up you know the, the denominations into kind of four general categories uh, there's reformed uh, and that tends to be uh, Presbyterians and Lutherans and then half of half of the Southern Baptist. Um, you know, some megachurches tend to be uh, reformed in their theology. Reformed theology tends to emphasize the, 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 the sovereignty of God over the free will of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, in the next category that, that I defined was, is Arminian. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of Calvinism, if you will, or Reformed theology. Uh, and, and, it's, and really some of that hinges on understanding of the nature of of people with you know who have who have uh after the fall Mm -hmm. you know what is our state totally depraved you know can we can we reach perfection that type of thing and so in into that category uh with the armenians you have the nazarenes you have a lot of the pentecostal charismatic denominations the assemblies of god and then the other half of the southern baptists again southern baptists are kind of split in half and then also um, some various, you know, other mega churches, stuff like that. So those are the two kind of main branches within, you know, what we would like broadly call evangelical Christianity, mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the biggest kind of bulk of Christians. From there, you go down into the mainline, mainline denominations. Those are the kind of the oldest denominations in the United States, the Episcopal Church, United Church of Christ, Disciples of Christ, uh, United Methodist Church. So those denominations tend to be, we call mainline, I, I call them old line. They tend to focus more on social justice issues. They have a very high um, structure within the denomination. Um, many of them tend to be lean more progressive in their theology. Uh, even some, you know, basically de facto universalist. And, you know, it doesn't matter how you get to what you believe, everybody's going to Going to heaven in the end. So, and then and then the last category that that I tend to uh, put together is what what I would call the apostolic churches, and that tends to be the the Catholics, the Anglicans, uh, the the Orthodox, or like the Russian Orthodox, or even the, like the Coptic Church, and and they're apostolic in that they they have a structure that has bishops. Those bishops trace their lineage back to uh, Saint Peter. Uh, and so they, they have a, they're apostolic in, in, in that they believe in apostolic succession. So okay. it, it follows, you know, the, the, the leadership of the church follows from, it's a direct line. They can trace it all the way back. Great. It's like, in some places it's a super curvy line, but it's, it goes back. So we have those, okay, so we have those four categories. Yes. And so keeping that in mind, right. before maybe we talk about them a little bit specifically, um, can you give us some basic definitions, maybe, of uh, a few uh, different uh, theological approaches to Israel, supersessionism, dispensationalism, Christian Zionism, all, all of these things, for maybe some of our listeners that maybe have heard these terms, um, but, are, but are not exactly sure what they mean or what they believe? Right. The way that I break up these four categories, again, just to throw them in our mind, reformed Arminian, mainline, mm-hmm. and apostolic. What I tend to look at them is like, are the, are the people that are in those churches, where are they in their view towards Israel? Will they be theologically supportive of Israel mm-hmm. and politically? Because that's really where the, where the dividing line happens. Because you often get people who are politically supportive in terms of they believe Israel is a you know, democratic state and values the same values we do, and it's it's a you know the safe place for Christians. It's the only democracy in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. It's, you know that kind of political talking point, but yet they will not support Israel theologically. Meaning, like there's there's no difference between 
the, the state of Israel and the state of China or the state of, you know, Eritrea or, mm-hmm. or Ecuador, right? Like those, like Israel's a state like any other state and there's no, there's no difference, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's really the dividing line that I, I tend to focus on is like, are these denominations theologically and politically supportive? Okay. Theologically not supportive, but politically supportive. So to, to break that out, the, the Reformed tend to be, and this is all super generalizations, mm-hmm. the Reformed tend to be theologically not supportive of Israel, but politically supportive, okay? So, so uh, that, is, that is because within Reformed theology, Reformed theology, uh, the universal message of Jesus, Jesus saying, go into all the world, preach the gospel, the, 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 the curtain in the tabernacle is, is rent from top to bottom, right? The, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, the language that Jesus uses, um, you know, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. So it's like there's a very universalist message, universal message that Jesus offers. And the question is, and this is really like where so much hangs, is whether the universal message of Jesus nullifies the particular calling to a particular people, mm-hmm. right? And, and really the emphasis is, is the, is the particular calling to the Jewish people, and by default Israel, mm-hmm. does, do they still matter in God's redemptive plan for humanity? In, in, a, in a different way than, say, the Chinese would matter in God's redemptive plan for humanity, right? Like there, there is, there is a distinctive difference. Now it's not necessarily privilege, it's not superiority, it's uniqueness, right? And mm-hmm. and so, the the reform tend to say, no, there's the there's the particulars have been, um, are have been done away with, if you will. Okay. Right. Uh, the, the message of the Jews, the message to the Jewish people, to Israel, by God, Jesus expanded that message. So he didn't replace it. It just got grew to include us as Gentiles, okay. right? Okay. But that isn't satisfying, right? Because it, it tends to move in a direction. One of the big things of, of the Reformed is they tend to also affirm what we would call replacement theology or supersessionism and it's the crudest way of kind of describing this theology is that the promises to Israel in the Old Testament particularly in the in the prophets even going all the way back to Abraham and Moses and all the way through those have been transferred replaced God replaces Israel mm-hmm. with the church. Mm. So when they say replacement theology, it means basically the church replaces Israel, right? Problem is, is that that theology has been used to basically demonize the Jews, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not a it it hasn't it's not um it, it's it's not been good for them. I mean, it's not been good for them anyways. I mean, <laughs> listen, like for two thousand years. Right. We, the Christians, we tried to kill them. Like, like, let's not let's not play mm-hmm. around with that. We literally were just right there with everybody else, saying, "Hey, there's a Jew hiding under that rock. Let's find him." Right? Like that's been our history for this moment, hundred years, this blip in time that we now are in. Like Jews are Christians are like, "Hey, maybe actually we can get along with the Jews." I mean, it's like the theology thing's a little complicated. Jesus gets in the way, but mm. <laughs> you know, it's sure a, it's a big difference. Yeah. Right. So, so that's so, yeah. I mean, broad category-wise, the, the so the reformed will tend to embrace that uh, replacement theology or supersessionism. It's also there's there's versions of it that are a little bit different. Like there's one uh, fulfillment theology that Jesus fulfills all the law and the prophets, and therefore, uh, like it, he's Jesus satisfies the promises. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are. I mean, but it's basically, it basically what it says is Israel and the Jewish people on this land, this land that we're standing right now or sitting, is, is not any longer significant in God's redemptive plan for humanity in a unique way. 
Okay, so if I'm understanding you correctly, in this frame of thought, you said that theologically they do not support, typically. Yes. But politically they do. Yes. So this approach really is more towards the Jewish people and not necessarily the state of Israel. Well, actually, I would say actually it's the opposite. The political support for Israel from the reform camp will often like really just line up with the state, right? It's a political support. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, the, the, the Jews have a right to live in their ancient homeland. They have, uh, they have a democracy. They have rule of law. The, the Christians are, are free and can thrive. And they respect minority rights. And, you know, it's not perfect. Like any state, it's not perfect. But it's, it's just a state. Mm-hmm. Like, just a state like France is just a state. Gotcha. Right? It's not, it's not special. Okay. Right? And, that, and that's really, like, that makes a huge difference. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference about how you see the significance of, of, of holy sites. Sure. Right? Like, you're up on the Mount of Olives, and you believe that, like, that Jesus Christ will actually descend on that mountain in some future time. Uh, that's that's that makes that mountain a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, than if it's yeah, it's I mean it's cool, you know that you know, but uh, whether it's going to happen like that, I don't mm-hmm. know, right? It tends to like you know the end time stuff le- leaks in, but really the dividing line is is actually a lot earlier than the end time stuff. End times, you know, there's a lot of people are saying like. You know, the only reason evangelicals care at all about, you know, Israel or whatever is because they're obsessed with the end times. I'm an evangelical. I'm not obsessed with the end times. If somebody tells me, oh, you know, I'm a millennial, no, millennial dispensationalist, pre, post, whatever, my eyes glaze over and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. So what so what you're talking about right now, what camp does that kind of fit in, the, the evangelical? Because that's kind of what has been kind of... I feel like surfacing in the mainstream because of the move of the U.S. Embassy, the evangelical support, the kind of the repositioning of maybe what Netanyahu's government's uh, doing. So right. what kind of camp is that? So the, so the Arminian camp tends to be the camp that embraces a both theological and political support for Israel. Okay. Right? So that's the difference between the two. One's just political, the other's theological and political. Now that matters in terms of like it, 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 it makes Israel a much more significant place than it's. Ju- it's not just a political move. It's not just like, you know, moving an embassy. No, but it's moving an embassy in the place that is theologically important to God's plan for the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and the fact that, the fact that the Jews are coming back from the north to south, the east and the west, back to the land that they were promised by Isaac, Isaac and Jacob, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like all this is, is fulfillment of, of prophecy and, and the march towards you know, Christ's return and, and stuff like that. So it, it tends to carry a lot more, more weight uh, with the theology added to it. Now, again, like the, the way that that's framed is, is doesn't necessarily have to do with the end times. It's often the, the, the Armenian tend to have various just, you know, ideas on how that plays out. You know, there's graphs and there's charts and you know, lots of confirmations of, of biblical prophecy, etc. But it can also just be a whole lot simpler, right? Because one of the, one of the an example of a place where kind of the two theologies between the Reformed and the Armenian kind of break apart is, is that there's a passage in Romans that says, when the fullness of Gentiles has come in, all Israel will be saved, right? And you can read that in two ways. You can read it uh, as that when the fullness of Gentiles has come in, all Israel will be saved. That is a statement of inclusion, meaning that the, the Jewish believers in Jesus and the Gentile believers in Jesus form Israel, okay? All Israel will be saved, meaning all okay. Jews and Gentiles who are followers of Jesus, they represent Israel, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the Reformed way, and that's kind of how the replacement or supersessionists would affirm. Uh, 
The other way to do it is to look at it as a, a, a time statement, right? It's when the fullness of Gentiles has come in, then all Israel will be saved, hmm. right? Like there is a time in which God in his providence has chosen to look at the Gentiles, use Jesus as and, and the apostles as the witness to the Gentiles of the promise that was given to the Jewish people. To the Israel that was for the whole world, but like everybody has the capacity to be grafted into. When when the fullness of Gentiles, when the, there's one guy mm-hmm. who knows when it might be a lady <laughs> who who will like become a follower of Jesus Christ seals the deal. That's it's like God turns His face to the Jewish people, and and uh, you know the blinders fall off mm. or the veils. Is you know it's it's there it's revealed, right? And so th- th- that trying to wrestle with the, the you know that statement, um, you can kind of see like it's it's not clear. I would say. I mean I, I like the argument for both is is I would say is is a there that is a legitimate theological construct. Like you can like the math works. You can add this sure. and that and that and that. Like it it. It, it's a it's, it's a reasonable position to it's hold right. so okay so we've discussed reformed and arminian right that leaves two more <clears throat> right so so the main line or the old line um these you know the more social justice or or politically progressive churches they tend to be neither okay. theologically or politically supportive of israel okay okay Instead, they are, um, they, they would, like, like the reform, they would reject there being anything special about Israel theologically. Okay. In addition to that, they see, they see the state of Israel as oppressive to the Palestinians, right? So they tend to, you know, adopt, um, you know, the, the underdog, they see the underdog as being the Palestinians, Palestinians are being oppressed, by you know Israel, uh, and and they you know attach American evangelicals to that you know so it's 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 Israel plus American evangelicals is this, you know they're the reason why it's you know it's, everything is 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 happening the way it is is because you know Americans can't get out of their obsession with the end times so like they tend to jump on the bandwagon mm-hmm. of oh you know this is just it's you know it's just a bunch of end time crazy people who are making the world go mad in 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 the Middle East and you know if it wasn't for American evangelicals then you know the Palestinians would be at peace with the Jews and you know everybody be you know saying Kumbaya on the Temple Mount or Haram al Sharif whatever mm-hmm. it will be called by then <laughs> right like it's a it's kind of a it, it, again it tends to be um, uh, the the focus for the mainline denominations is the Palestinians, and so they they actually embrace boycott, divestment, and sanction uh, legislation. They um, you know offer a lot of programs targeted towards helping uh, the Palestinians. So it's a it's a you know that's that tends to be their focus. Okay, so. So mainline, kind of on the opposite spectrum of Arminian, yes. sounds like. Then we have Reformed, which we discussed was a political support, but not a theological support. Right. So then, does our, our final category represent the opposite of that? No, the final category uh, is actually, it's, it's not unsimilar to the, to the, um, to the mainline. They tend, I mean, this is, and, and, Again, within the apostolic denominations, um, again the Catholics, the the Anglicans, the the Orthodox, and by Orthodox I mean like the Eastern Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, mm-hmm. the Greek Orthodox, they tend to um, be um, uh, politically not supportive and theologically not supportive. And again, it's it's a, that's a it's a little more complicated than with the main line. Because the main lines are pretty much unified on that. The Catholic, Orthodox, and Anglicans are a little, a little more, uh, 
there's a little more daylight in the particularly on the political side. So the theology side is is pretty much there's there's nothing theologically significant about Israel uh, for the apostolic churches, um, but on the political side, hmm, it, it it could you know it's like it's not it's not as dogmatic, but the thing with those with those denominations, particularly with the Roman Catholic and, and the Orthodox, is because they have members of the church in the Middle East mm-hmm. who are surrounded by, by Muslims mm-hmm. who they tend to be afraid of. Uh, and they, they have to play the minority game, right? They're like, pick the strong man. Who's going to defend me? Because mm-hmm. they like, don't have the strength of arms, right? Like they're just on their own. Mm-hmm. So they tend to be not supportive of Israel because, because the Muslims in the Middle East are not supportive of Israel, and by default, it kind of spills out into a uh, it, it it impacts the rest of you know how how the rest of the church feels about about Israel is because they're like my church brethren, my you know the bishop of I don't know Mosul or whatever. He's not into the Jews. He's not into Israel, and he gives word to you know the the patriarch or whatever, that we can't be seen as supporting Israel, we can't be seen as being Zionist, we can't be, like, because it will be bad for them. Like, their neighbors will not like it if they're mm-hmm. seen as being supportive of Israel. So it's really, it's a, it's more pragmatic. Okay. It's not, it's, it's not rooted in any kind of, like, anti-Americanism as much as it's rooted in a concern for their fellow co-religionists or or at least mm-hmm. you know members of their church who are who are sitting in you know in in they are small minorities in heavy muslim areas mm. and they're making pragmatic decisions and israel just doesn't fit yeah did your trip to israel bring more questions than answers that's why passages pulse exists we continue vital conversations that started in israel to get updated about our latest discussions, check out passagesisrael.org backslash pulse or text pulse to 77453. So, as we've been saying, these are generalizations. Super generalizations. Okay, so millennials that are listening, please calm down. I know <laughs> if you hate anything, it's it's being put inside of a box, but I, I think I think it does help kind of conce- conceptualize the yes. landscape. Yes. Um, but with that said, this is um, it, it's definitely something to like consider and explore explore personally. Yeah. And so being able to kind of see the landscape will help that and. Um, and so, what would you suggest for our listeners to where maybe maybe all of this is brand new, maybe half of it is news to them, um, um, or maybe they're well versed uh, in this topic? Uh, what would you suggest that uh, any of our listeners would consider as they're exploring this theme in their life, a theological approach to Israel? Right. I mean, I think it's it's important, you know, if you know, because we're speaking the passages. Sure. Participants, you've been to Israel or are going to Israel. Like it's important to think about. You know, you can you can tell me your denomination. I'll give you the general like how, which category you'd fit in. Kind of like mm-hmm. it's like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, it it does matter how you kind of view this land. How would you you know as you walk through it, you see the sites. You go, you know, it, again, if it's if if there's if you believe that there's such a thing as sacred space, right? Some spaces are more sacred than others right then and you'll tend to have um a a more reverential engagement with a place like uh, the holy sepulcher or the western wall if you don't then it's it's like historically interesting you know jesus was here jesus stood here jesus did this here Mm -hmm. but it's like it 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 doesn't have the the, uh, the the unction like the this this extra kind of spiritual uh, space that is that that kind of grabs you there right it's it's just kind of I and I say this you know so I'll give you an example from myself I'm I'm ordained Southern Baptist um, and so I'll say this of, of in the in the Baptist way 
Um, like there is, you know, for Southern Baptists, the, the Lord's Supper, communion, um, or the Eucharist, whatever you want to call it, uh, is symbolic, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a symbol of the body and blood of Christ, right? When we take this, we're doing it in remembrance mm-hmm. of the act mm-hmm. that Jesus did, right? It's, it's following the command. Right, so there's, it's a symbol, but there's not, a, there's no, there's no special unction to it. There's no special spiritual significant about that act, other than the act of remembering, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's different than the apostolic, right? The apostolic churches, I mean, the Catholics have transubstantiation. It actually becomes the body and blood of Christ, but the Anglicans don't. But they do, and and Lutherans also have this idea that there's. There's sacred space, that there is this, it's not just a symbol. It's not just a symbol of the, the, the blood and body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. It's, it's, it's got some, it's, it's just an extra spiritual kind of act that you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And so when you walk in this land, your view of there being such things as sacred space or sacred things that are done, like, they play into how you behave here and how you think about your faith when you're walking in an area, right? And, and, it, and it also then plays into how you view other people mm. who are behaving differently, right? I can't tell you how many groups, you know, walk into the Holy Sepulcher and there's the rose stone before you and there's people on their faces with their handful of, of, of wooden crosses and they're rubbing it on the, the rose stone, mm-hmm. right? And you can look at that and go, man, that's, that's weird. Like those people are freaky, right? right. Like, and like, what do they think they, what do they think they get? What do they, like, like, why are they rubbing wood on rock? Like you think it's gonna rub off or something? Right. That, no, I mean that's that's going through a lot of people's heads. Mm-hmm. I know because I've asked, uh, and I've seen I've seen it happen. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, but I I think to me like it it is important that uh, we, we're cautious in you know hopefully when you've come to Israel and you in your experience that you you had the opportunity to be like you, you had two reactions. One is I can stand in judgment, be like, oh man, those are weird people, or like be like. You know, we are a, the body of Christ is a multifaceted, right. like it's a diamond. You look at it from different ways, it reflects different light, and there's different things that you can see. And I don't see it all, right? There's things that, that the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church brings to the table that I, that I don't as a Southern Baptist, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that I am in disagreement with them theologically, like very strongly. Sure. But if, if the person is committed to, you know, the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you confess the, you know, the Apostles' Creed, and they do some weird stuff to me, I, okay, okay, I'm more power to you, right? Okay. I don't think I answered the question, though. Well, you did. <laughs> well, we, we started, you, you, you're, uh, we're talking about sacred space as right. someone's pursuing uh, this idea in their own life. Right. Concepts to consider. Right. One being sacred space, when you approach... Israel, your, your example, the Holy Sepulchre, does it have more of a historical context for you or does it have significant spiritual implications for you? Right. So anything else kind of to kind of consider? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would, I mean, it, it also, um, probably the two most interesting things to consider when thinking theologically about um, Israel and the land, actually, I'll, I'll give you three. Um, the two biggest questions are have to do with the salvation of the Jewish people, uh, and that's just full of landmines. My gosh, like it's like it is that is a that, that's it's full of landmines, right? Uh, the second one, now I'll, I'll, I'll unload all three. The second one is is does the land still matter? Like the physical land of Israel, Jerusalem in particular, the Temple Mount in specific, right? Does it still matter to God as a special place? 
You know, because there was, if you read the Bible, there was a place where God showed up in his Shekinah glory. Like literally like the big God, G, capital G, Father, right? Like his presence was like you walk in there without one that one day a year, you're dead, mm-hmm. right? Like there was that day. That, like does that matter anymore? I mean, that's a big question. And that's, again, denominations split on that. The third, and I think this is actually important to the first two, the the church fathers like it doesn't matter whether you're an apostolic armenian reform mainline we all carry tradition into our belief system we like to say that it's, you know we're just believing what the bible says and that's it no like we believe what the bible says plus you know we pull in from like the church fathers had to say on the Trinity and what the, you know, the councils and how they had to, like broke down the understanding of the unity of Christ and like is, is, you know, who the relationship between Jesus and God and like, you know, begotten of and that kind of mm-hmm. thing is all loaded. And the, like the councils between basically you know, 100 and 400, decided a bunch of that stuff, and we accept it, actually, almost without question. Mm. But one of the things that the, that the church fathers didn't have, that we have now, that, that I think requires a little extra attention, is that when Augustine looked out his window or read the news, if he read the news, <laughs> right, he doesn't see uh, Israel the state of Israel and the Jewish people, okay? All he sees is the Jewish people who are scattered mm, from their homeland, mm. right? And so he, he doesn't have to wrestle with the question of what does it mean that, that the Jewish people are back in their homeland? Mm. Because for him, it was like it's a confirmation that the disobedience in following Christ is, is actually... Uh, it's like they're being scattered is evidence of their disobedience in real recognizing Jesus was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it, it confirmed the bias. We don't have that luxury. We don't have the uh, luxury is the wrong word. We don't have the, the choice to, to have our theology be like everybody does theology within the context of what they see and hear. Like, it's like, let's, let's not kid ourselves, right? Uh, you know, they're reading scripture just like I'm reading scripture. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, contextualizing it in their world around them, right? Sure. But we have, you have a lot of theologians, though, this day, who don't wrestle with the issue of, of a modern state of Israel and the Jewish people because of, they they're just have taken what Augustine said and have brought it up, you know, and, and, and Calvin relied on Augustine and, and Luther relied on Augustine. Like, like, there's these, like, it, it, it carries with us in today. Sure. Just this assumption that, like, wh- what, what Augustine understood about the relationship between the Jewish people and the land of Israel is the way it should be, is the way it is. Right, but but then but, reconciling that with the condition of two thousand and eighteen. Exactly. Like you don't. We don't have like. So to me, the like, it, it, I think our theologians of today should actually have a fresh look. Fresh look. Just is there something more here? And that's not to say like you have to affirm you know one camp or another. I'm just like, I'm just saying like, we we have to recognize that we have a different viewpoint. Like a viewpoint in terms of like mm-hmm. I'm standing here looking at something. Before, sure. Right. Yeah. And and so I think that matters. So the the sal- salvation of the Jews is a, is a big thing. Let me just unpack that a little bit. But there's two kind of camps on that. Um, one end would be dual covenant, meaning that like there's two ways to be to be saved. Uh, one is being born a Jew, and the other is being born again. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. It's like that's the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, dual covenant. So the Jews are saved, just like saved as in like they go to God and end up in heaven because they're Jewish, right? Okay. The, the other one is, you know, replacement, which says that 
you know, there's a there's nothing special about any one people on earth. So that like Jews aren't more special, even though they were special to God, they're not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just like the Chinese or the you know Brazilians, right? Like it's just another people. It's group. just another people group, right? And they get they they gotta get they're just like everybody else, mm-hmm. right? I tend to think like that. I, I like to see those almost as you like your guardrails on the you know or the goalposts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of room to kind of like, you know, feel around in the middle space in there. Mm. Um, you know, I, I haven't, you know, come to a, a conclusion myself on that in any one like real strong way, mm. but just to kind of like give some guardrails, right? And then the, the significance of the land, again, it's like, it, it falls within that understanding that one's a little bit easier and it falls within your understanding of does the universal message of Jesus nullify the particulars to a particular people mm-hmm. right that and that would include the promise of the land <clears throat> exactly and and part of that is like you know I think about this in and and I'm, I'm sure you know sitting with uh, our seminary track guys I'm sure we could have some really great conversations about this but when we when we say that the you know the universal message Jesus you know the holy land is not any more holy anymore like the whole earth is holy Mm -hmm. the whole earth is the Lord's right well that's weird to me right because what what like what does holiness actually mean it means set apart so you're saying that the whole earth is holy there's no part on earth that's set apart. The same part of that is, you know, it's like a bit like saying, you know, everything you do is worship. Well, I mean, the when I go to a worship leader and says, you know, everything is worship, work is worship. They're like, yeah, but that it's not quite like that, <laughs> right? And I think we can, I, and I would actually kind of, that's probably how I would view this whole like land issue, okay. right? It's a bit like going to a worship leader and saying, you know, like you know, everything you do is worship or can be worship, right? Of course, but that's not what we mean when we actually when we have a worship leader lead us on Sunday morning. We're like, there's something a little extra, right? If something is everything, are there some yeah. things, right? Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I, I think this land kind of fits into that kind of conversation. And and again, this is not, you know, we're not prescriptive on how you have to come down on this, either with passages or Philos right. Project. We're not saying like, oh, you have to, you know, you have to believe this on the salvation of the Jews or you have to believe this on the land promises. No, we're just like, you know, here's some options. Yep. And, uh, you know, it out yeah we we do value that autonomous experience and just like the space to like talk yes and not be afraid to like vocalize your opinion right without being judged right um which is why unpacking all this is really great um because i feel like some of this stuff just isn't talked about right i know in in the full context of what we've talked about today exactly um, so, okay, well, I, I think that's a lot for our listeners to unpack. So I just, I've got a couple more questions for you, more specifically to the Philos Project. Sure. One, you know, some, you, you hear, you mentioned Bethlehem Bible College, Christ of the Checkpoint. It's what you were attending the last couple of days. So I'd love to hear just a little bit more about that in light of what we're talking about right now. And then I know that uh, you guys uh, have recently been involved in a project uh, about a theological approach to Israel um, or, or theological approaches to Israel called New Christian Zionism. Right. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and maybe how our listeners can be involved in that project. Right. So Christ at the Checkpoint is a once every two year gathering of everybody in the, um, I don't know what you call the anti-Christian Zionist camp. I mean, okay. they're, they're, they're actually, you know, pretty pretty clear on that they are against Zionism uh, as a like Christian Zionism in particular Um, uh, it's I've gone since every two years since 2012 Uh, actually uh, Robert and I uh, met at Crisis Checkpoint in 2014 Mm. so the Fields Project in some ways uh, 
uh, earned like it, like Crest of the Checkpoint played a role hmm. in uh, how the Felix Project came to be. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, but the reason that we are involved in the in Crest of the Checkpoint is because you know one is it's really the gathering of. I don't know, almost at like the other side, if you will. I mean, that's a kind of crude language, mm-hmm. but like I, I support the right of, Israel, of Jewish people to live in their national homeland. I think that's the definition of Zionism, okay? Mm-hmm. And by, by that definition, I am a Christian Zionist. Okay. Right? Now, so I think, yeah, I think that's where you believe we were actually, before we started recording, we encountered some of our fellows and we were talking about that. And his question to you was like, why are you there? Right. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's basically the, that's, that's where they're like pushing back on Christian Zionism. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like there's some, there's some kind of gross car- caricatures that are created. You know, it's like flag waving, lots of shofar blowing, mm-hmm. like None of that's bad, mind you. It tends to be about this this particular conference this time. Um, the focus is uh, uh, Jesus at the center, Christ at the center, um, and and uh, so we're, they're kind of exploring uh, that the, the the concept of you know where would Jesus be in the midst of of this conflict between the Israelis and Palestinians, mm-hmm. and and in particular. Zionism, right? So Zionism is given, uh, is seen as a, a nationalist exercise. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's, and uh, that tends to, you know, and, and then they would argue that Jesus came to undermine or do away with nationalist projects, mm. right? And so, you know, Jesus was an, is like the anti-nationalist, if you will, mm-hmm. and, or, and, which makes, to me, makes him a globalist, which there's just as many problems with that, <laughs> right? And so it's, a, it's an interesting, I mean, it's, it's an interesting conference. And, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of friends over there. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. We, we regularly just go and hang out with people and ask them about, you know, what they do, what they do, and it's fun. I think it's kind of cool that, you know, just knowing the Feelers Project, your mandate, that you have roots and origins there. Yeah, I think right? it just kind of makes sense. <laughs> I know, right? You know? So last question, um, New Christian Zionism, uh, Israel Matters. Uh, this was a project that the Philos Project was involved in, but was like a year and a half, 2014. two years ago? No, 2014, oh, a while ago. Yeah. Wow, just seems like a couple of years ago. Um, but can you just maybe talk a little bit about that and how our listeners can be involved in that project? Yeah, uh, so New Christian Zionism was, an, I mean, it's, it's really an attempt to kind of say, like the Zionism, you know, as... Like I said, a, a an idea that the Jews have a right to live in their in their in their national homeland. Uh, as you know, it's a new Christian Zionism, meaning like we kind of unpack some of the issues that we felt like were uh, overly general towards one particular kind of denominational stream, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, it wasn't against dispensationalism and dispensational is. Dispensationalism tends to see uh, have a very heavy end times focus, and their and uh, Israel is heavily involved in that end times story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't an anti-dispensational, you know, uh, enter- enterprise that we were working on. It was more like let you know this is there's a lot of ways to get on this highway, mm-hmm. and it, it, you don't have to get on it through the end times. You can get on it through other things, other ways. Mm-hmm. And so really kind of um, updating the conversation, kind of sp- throwing some new sparks in there to just kind of see if we can broaden the conversation a bit on on di- different like kind of theological pieces uh, in relation to Israel, the Jews, the land, stuff like that. Because, you know, there, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's, it's often taught in particularly you know the side that rejects their the land promises still matters that jesus was didn't care about the land Mm -hmm. you know right so there's a chapter in in new christian zionism that you know explores that question of what did you know what did jesus think about how did he think about the land 
-hmm. is that was that significant to to him mm -hmm. right and so it's exploring that question there's some other you know some other kind of it's a so there's there's we have two versions of it really mm -hmm. uh, one is is you know uh, more academic mm -hmm. uh, it's not over the top academic it's it's very readable for a seminarian uh, okay. and and I encourage you know seminaries to get a hold of it uh, and and uh, then we have a kind of a more of a lay version and that is called Israel matters and that's where kind of the kind of the, some of the big picture principles from new Christian Zionism kind of was distilled and boiled down and and, and made a little bit more uh, readable great can we find both of these on Amazon? You can find both of them on Amazon. Okay, great. Well, then, listeners, I'm going to throw the links in the show notes uh, so awesome. that you have easy access to those. Um, Luke, thanks for joining us. It's my pleasure. This was a lot. It um, was. It, I, think it, I think it's great, though. It, it, stuff that we need to think and consider, um, especially the passages community. Yeah. Uh, I know this is a, a theme and a topic that we don't really approach on the trip. Just because it, it is a lot, and there's yeah. so much to count, encounter while you're here, but I really would encourage the the alumni or listeners, or if you're not alumni, just to maybe you know listen to this and the, the three points that uh, Luke mentioned to consider as you're you're maybe going down this journey yourself is salvation of the Jews, uh, the land, and then you know just both of those kind of combined in context of you know our traditions and what we see in front of us today and right. kind of combining the both. Yeah, and I'm open. Like, if you guys, you know, if there's questions, people want like more clarification on stuff, you know, I, I'm, you can reach out. Great. Uh, so, how can we find how can we find you, and how can we find the Feelus Project? Feelusproject.org is how you find the Feelus Project. You can email me at Luke at Feelusproject.org. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, you know, at LukeMoon1. Um, and I don't know Facebook. I'm there too, mucking around. Great. Uh, Instagram. I mean, it's just pretty pictures. So. I, I, I'm I'm there too, but it's 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 not. I'm not going to spar with you <laughs> theologically there. So great. Well, great. thank you so much for joining us. Sure thing, listeners. Man. If you enjoyed this uh, as much as I did, just sitting here, uh, and you want to just be kept up to date on conversations like this and stay engaged on uh, current events, uh, we're 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 going to. Continue to engage uh, Luke, his team, uh, the Passages team on keeping this conversation going about Israel, the Jewish people, uh, topics on the broader Middle East. And if you'd like to be uh, kept up to date on that, you can subscribe to Passages Pulse by texting Passages Pulse to 77453. And we will send updates right to your Facebook Messenger, text message, email, whatever you want. So you can sign up there. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, today, and we look forward to hanging out with you next time. Bye. To learn more about how to get involved, visit passagesisrael.org backslash pulse. From Passages, I'm Rachel Powell. Thank you for listening.